Hey, you're listening to the Me, Myself and Mum Life podcast, where each week you'll hear me and my guests talking about the realities of life after kids. Thank you so much for joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Me, Myself and Mum Life podcast. It's my first episode back after a well-deserved break over the Christmas and New Year period, but I was itching to get back into this. And what better subjects to start off the new season of the podcast with than talking about potty training? Because I know many of you that have uh, found the podcast through my Instagram page, have children a similar age and probably starting to look this year and think, right, that's going to be the next milestone. And so I thought it'd be really good for us to have a conversation about that today. And I'm kindly joined today by Catherine, who's our guest. She's going to help me um, as we talk through this subject today and hopefully answer lots of the questions that you guys submitted to me through my Instagram page a couple of weeks ago um, that will leave you and me, in fact, even more informed when it comes to starting that potty training journey um, and subsequently uh, in, in particularly more like the nighttime training journey, because that that was something that I received lots and lots of questions about. There's a lot more information out there about how to start the daytime potty training and less so about what to do about the nighttime. So welcome to the podcast, Catherine. It's great to have you here. Hi, thank you for inviting me on. So do you want to do a quick introduction if that's all right? Yeah, um, so I'm Catherine. Hi, everyone. I am mum of two girls. So I've got two daughters who are five and seven. And I've got a company which is called Huga Sheet. So I've co-founded that company along with my husband. So we design, make, sell mattress protectors, which are specifically designed for children. So they come in like four different designs that are really fun for kids to use. Um, So they are there to help parents with nighttime potty training and bedwetting. And this came about because of my own struggles um, with my two children and not really finding a product on the market that was right for them. Um, I've also got an Instagram page where we like to share um, tips on um, nighttime potty training and bedwetting and really open up that conversation. Um, It's not really a well-spoken um topic so we really like to try and help um our followers there on that kind of phase of their children's um potty training journey yeah brilliant and i will i will share catherine's instagram page um in the notes as well for you to go and have a look at because there is loads of free and useful information on there um to follow up hopefully for people from this conversation so so thank you catherine and you know it's always great when you're among yourself and you've been through this firsthand because you've walked in the shoes of the people the, the journey they're probably going to go on at some point and yeah. I think whilst all the theory in the world's great that lived experience having been through it it can really help can't it yeah exactly and I found going through I guess both daytime and nighttime potty training with the daytime side of things it was so I was in an NCT group and it was a heavily spoken topic it was something that I was really keen to do and probably I went into too soon because I felt probably a bit pressurized to do it looking back now I really shouldn't have but when it came to nighttime looking back no one spoke about it it wasn't everyone was going through it probably And I know now because I speak to people all the time because of what I do. But at the time, I was worried um, because I I felt like my child was probably a bit later being dry at night. Um, But I never spoke about it. I didn't even spoke to my like my sister who I knew had been through it before, Um, which looking back, I'm like, why did why did I not do that? 
Um, so what, what I'm trying to do now is trying to get more mums talking about it and sharing their experiences together. Well, why do you think people don't talk about it as much? Yeah, so this is something that I've looked into and I think obviously it, relate, it links to bedwetting, which is a bit of a taboo subject anyway. And looking back, and I've looked back into kind of the history of bedwetting, where, it, where before we knew why bedwetting happened, it was kind of um, children were punished basically because they saw it as, you know, like kids being naughty. Now, fast forward to now that we know kind of the medical reasons um, about how the body kind of develops, um, about the different hormones, which we kind of we'll talk about later. Um, we obviously now know it's not to do with the, how the children is like, they're not wetting on purpose. And I think that some of that stigma still kind of carries on into, into now. And it kind of comes into how parents, I think now, we don't want to share that our children's wet in the bed because it kind of, we, we see it as sort of like a, a bad thing, um, but they can't help it. So I think that it stems from that really. Yeah, yeah, or maybe you've done something wrong. So I, I, yeah. I know she won't mind me sharing this, and I mentioned this to Catherine before we started recording. But my sister's got a, a child that's well coming up for seven, and and he's still not always dry at night. And it, it you know, in the day he's absolutely fine. So no one else would know about this unless yeah. she told them kind of mm. thing. And I know she's worried so much. Like, what have I done wrong? She's got two kids. The first mm. one went through the nights fine. So I think she yeah. well, she's mirrored the same approach, and it, it hasn't really worked the same way. So. I, I, I think you're probably right about that you, you, as a mum you question everything that you do yeah. it's just the natural thing of I must have done something wrong yeah. when in reality there's more to it which we are going to talk about um, a little bit later but, but I know your specialist area is obviously the nighttime posture mm. training but before mm -hmm. we get into that there was just mm -hmm. a few questions that were really the common ones around the daytime posture training mm -hmm. that I thought we could talk about um and probably just two or three that kept coming up. So that should hopefully answer people's questions. And, and as you can imagine, the first one is, you know, how do you know when they're ready to start potty training? Mm -hmm. So I've been through this firsthand with Hudson, who's five now. So I can kind of share the experience that we had. And I did quite a bit of research about it at the time. But what's your thoughts on how to know when they're ready? Because I know you said there that maybe it's the first time you went a bit soon yeah. with your daughter. Yeah, I, I think I felt a bit pressured um, and I think, I don't know if you've seen the episode of Bluey the Baby Race. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that. I was like that. I wanted, for some reason, my child to be the first one out of our group. I have no idea. But looking back, that obviously, like, I, I'd say to people, don't rush it. Um, there obviously are signs like kind of your child showing interest in the toilet, whether it's you going to the toilet or siblings, um, starting to, like, hide when they go to the toilet in the nappy, like hiding or go to the toilet and do it, hide in a corner, um, starting to help change, maybe take the nappy off when it's wet, telling you that they need a wee or a poo, whether it's before or after, um, having, you know, dry, dry nappies for longer periods. Um, but I think making sure that like you don't don't rush it. Uh, something that I wish we'd have done, um, if your child's at nursery, talk to the nursery staff um, because they've been through it so many times before and have so much experience. Because I remember at the time with my eldest, I told them I was going to start potty training and the look on their face, they obviously knew it wasn't going to work. They were like, what are you doing? 
we should have used them and we should have said do, do you think they're ready and they were probably, probably said no um so i think that's really good to use the nursery staff because they can they can still obviously if they're going to go to nursery they'll help you through that anyway or most will um and making sure that you're both ready like not just the child um also the parents need to be ready and there's not need to be too much going on you know like if you've got a young a newborn it's probably not the best time and um yeah so it's not just about the child or also about you as well yeah i think that's a really good point because i know um lots of like my friends who've got children their age for example have just had the second babies and that is that effect that change affects them more than you realize yeah. Yeah. or like some of them have then moved their child out of the bedroom that they're in into another room because yeah. the baby's gone in the cot and stuff yeah. like that and all those things are already significant changes for them aren't they exactly um, or yeah. like the, the approach we ended up taking with Hudson was like we, we had a week off work where we didn't we didn't go out too much and we were able to really focus yeah but again I know some of my friends have kind of tried to do it in and amongst other plans and we'll try it today and then tomorrow we're out for the day so we can't really do it then and yeah. I think that inconsistency so you almost need a little bit of a clear run yeah uh, where exactly. you can spend a bit more time um yeah speaking to the nursery is such a good call because that's yeah. I'm hoping like these in nursery three days that I'll take a week off to sort of yeah. like work with them on it together yeah, um, I think so they, they, I mean, they've got that expertise yeah they've done it so much that they know and they also know your child's development quite well anyway um so I think they're a good kind of thing to lean on so you could start it yourself and then hand it over to them to you know like follow you know build on what you've already done I think that's um, something I wish I'd have done um because the first time we tried it didn't work and I think that's I think everyone's a bit scared of when is the right time um or once if it goes wrong like I don't think it's always a bad thing that you can just go back going back to nappies it's it's still fine like I don't think that's like something that you can't do we did it and then I think it was like two or three months later, we tried again and it was fine. Um, yeah. So I think that's... Yeah, so it's not a case of thinking if you do try, yeah. it, it doesn't really it's work. The you, the you've, then, you've then completely ruined your whole chance mm -hmm. of doing it full yeah. stop. I, I agree with that. I think there is a lot of pressure and I actually feel that myself a little bit because theory is displaying so many signs I think have been towards being ready like... She always watches me at the toilet. She wants to get yeah. to food and wipe me. And now she's been asking to wipe her own bum. And when I'm changing a nappy, she's always saying, I need a wee. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just do wee wee. You've got a nappy on. And I'm like thinking, oh no, I'm missing the chance to do yeah. it. And stuff like that. But it, for me, net right now, it's not. I, I can't take time with her. So I'm yeah. like, just give it a bit longer. But I feel that the signs are there. And people do, like Hudson was more like two and a half, but people do say girls are a bit sooner. Is that, would yeah. you say that's true in your experience? Um, I mean, I've got two girls. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's more character as well. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure if there's a kind of a clear difference in boys and girls. Um. But I think, yeah, definitely you need to be, you need to have your head in the right space and um, not have too much going on. Um, and I don't think, I mean, people talk about missing the window, don't they? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, I'd am i say no long, you know, like three, four, some, some, some are like older than three. So I think between two and three is kind of the usual, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Some children do struggle a bit and it goes past three, but um, yeah. 
yeah anytime between then and I think you know it it was two in December so but like with Hudson for example he had a speech delay and he didn't really talk till he was well past three so it it was really hard for us with him because he wasn't saying a word as like oh I need the toilet and we had to always watch him and he we used to give actions that he needed a wee so that was pretty tough and I keep thinking well can't be as hard as that because at least he can verbalize what yeah he, he speaks fine now but um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's good to hear that, you know, you're not going to miss the window. It's unlikely you're going to miss it. And actually, yeah. even if you do go a bit soon, worst case scenario, you can always just pause and try again. Away. So yeah, like my, my eldest, when we tried again, because she, they're so young, young, I don't think she even remembered the first time we did it. Like it's yeah. three months down the line. She was kind of like, it, for her, it was like starting again. For us, it was a bit like the fear of it. Oh no, what's going to happen this time? And it was fine the second time because we left it that li- little bit later. It was only three months. It did make a massive difference in like her development and the nursery were kind of happier with us at like starting at that point as opposed to kind of the three months earlier when we tried the first time. Yeah. But the other thing people asked alongside the daytime before we sort of move on to the nighttime piece is just like most houses now have toilets downstairs, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Like we, we've got one literally in the room we spend most of the time and it's just there and we all go to that toilet. She knows where it is and we have a little step in a seat just from when Hudson trained. Yeah. Yeah. Is it necessary to go down the potty route first or can you yeah. go straight to toilet? I, I think I think what whatever's easiest for you because we did a bit of a mixture um we did potty I think we did potty in the living room obviously you've got toilet I think we had a potty upstairs but I think it, for me I was kind of like going with the child because and sometimes I'd find that for poos they were better on the toilet and then I'd try them on the potty so I think a bit of a mixture whatever works for for yeah. you and, and the child as well I think it's just the nature of it being called potty training as yeah. well. People yeah. think like, oh, that must it be you. Be a potty. No, I don't I, I'd quite like to try with Thea and mm. avoid avoid a potty yeah. or just have it if it's necessary. But then yeah. the other thing is as well, and I think this is the bit that people don't always appreciate, is that they've been in the house, but it's fine. Mm. You can rush them yeah. to the toilet. Yeah. What I found so stressful with Hudson was like, once we'd got him okay in the house and then we would go to the shops or whatever. Just brought back the memory. I need yeah. a wing. I need a wing. And I'm like running across. Yeah. And this, I was pregnant at the time with Thea and I'm like running and thinking, oh, and he's going, I can't hold it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so stressful. So yeah. boys can get away with just standing up and weeing somewhere yeah. with Thea. So yeah. I know people have mentioned like the carry potties to me. Mm. And that's obviously yeah, we had one of them. consider for Thea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that bit, it's that bit that tips me over the edge of the thought mm. of not being in the house because you can control that a lot more easily. Yeah. Have you have you come across the Wizzer company, Kiddiewiz, before as well? Oh no, I've not. So they, they've got um Kiddiewiz, um they've got like a portable kind of toilet. It's like this this small. Um oh, okay. you can basically take the top off, put a spout on. Um, and it's really good because obviously, like for children that have just started potty training, they can't hold the weeds as long as as we can. So it's for that really helpful for that in between stage where they can't get to the toilet fast enough. Also good for night times as well. So you could you could if your kid does get up in the night, keep these um small kind of portable toilets. Um, yeah. that's kiddie ways that is. So yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that. I yeah. think we didn't have anything like that with Hudson, and I, I wish we would have done. Yeah. Yeah. My partner was just like, let's just wee round the back of here, but I really want to ideally go around that route because, yeah. yeah, just no. But um, but yeah, and I, I, th- I think, you know, the natural question then is like, 
right, well, what do what do I do then? So I've now decided it's time. Mm-hmm. I've got a potty in the room. I've got the seat on the toilet. Like, what do you actually do? And I, I, I mean, I don't think there's a, a, a scientific process that says you do X, Y, and Z. It's not like you start announcing to them, right, today's the day we're going to start potty training. So I think even just like knowing where to start, people are sort of mm-hmm. a bit lost with. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fine to build it up a little bit for the child, have some kind of reward system um, in place that they can kind of resonate with something that they like. Um, um, obviously, I, 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 what I did was I took my daughters to buy some knickers, so they they just feel a little bit more involved in the process. Yeah. Um, and what I also did, I think I read it in a book at the time, was around. Because obviously we did the whole dry bottom thing where we stay in the house for like two days um, and they didn't have any knickers on initially. To make sure you get as much practice in as possible, I bought, I know some people don't like fruit shoots, but, you know, like lots, a a big pack of fruit shoots or, you know, little bottles of water, something that they're going to find really fun to drink so that they can have a lot of liquid and that way they kind of feel the, the pressure in the bladder more um, so they're going to learn faster and they're having more wheeze. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your children are like, but if my my kids have got a fruit shoot, they'll just... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? It's like, yeah. they're like what you see adults when they're necking down like a pineapple yeah. thing. <laughs> Even if you don't like the fruit shoots, fill up some fruit shoot bottles with some like, you know, Dilute like, juice with diluted juice. Um, cause I really found, cause, cause you do want them to keep drinking so that you practice. Yeah. And I think then, and we might come on to the, the poo side of things. You want them to make sure that they're drinking enough while they're potty training so that the, the, the poos are soft enough so that it, it's easier for them to poo on the toilet as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and coming on to the, the, the poo, poo element of it then, so the, this whole concept of like poo retention, is it called or like not, I mean, I, I don't know what it's called, but it's just this thing of like weeing on a potty. They seem to be able to come to terms with quite easily, but the pooing, they're holding it in. And then the more they hold it in, and we did have a bit of it with Hudson, to be honest. And then it was quite painful for him. So yeah. Then so like, poo and we were in this cycle, but we yeah. got out of it quite quickly. But so, yeah. So there's like, there's poo withholding, but I think having, so the child finding it quite difficult to poo um, when the first potty training is really common. Um, and I, I didn't know it at the time. So I kind of, I did the whole wee st- at the beginning. My my daughters were fine with that. And I didn't actually think about, oh, they have to now poo. And then you start worrying as a parent, I think, that they've not pooed in like two days. And I think it's quite important to kind of not put that pressure on the child um, and kind of relax them and make them feel more at ease. So I think there's things like you can blow bubbles on the toilet, you know, like um, to, to to relax them, making sure that the posture is right as well. So if they are on the toilet, put their feet um, on, a, on a stool so that their kind of knees are higher up. Um, what we did and I have recommended it to friends as well there's like loads of books about pooing because I I don't know if with my children it was about a bit of a psychological thing um so we um we got a book called where's the poop um and it's like a flat book with like different animals and it shows the different animals kind of having poos and at the end there's a little kid on the toilet um and I think that I don't know if it was just a coincidence but that seemed to coincide with them understanding that it's all right to go for a poo on the toilet. Cause I guess it must be quite strange having to 
having like gone for a poo in the nappy like throughout the whole of the night and whole of their um, their life and then suddenly um kind of it, you, you're going in the toilet it must feel yeah. quite daunting to them I was just thinking as well like they probably see someone else doing that less as well yeah. Yeah. like realistically yeah. Thea follows me all the time to the toilet if I'm having yeah. a wee I'm just like whatever and she yeah. works I'll say mommy's just going for a wee quite yeah. frequently I'll yeah. say yeah. so you're yeah. probably right like she probably yeah. doesn't then think I mean mm. she just watch her brother pooing all the time on the toilet yeah. like he says yeah. I'm going for a poo she's like running after him yeah. at yeah. Watching. so yeah. she probably has that exposure <laughs> but I suppose if 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 they don't have older siblings then mm. they might not so yeah, yeah. It, it, just that modeling on others thing might be yeah. a barrier but just so what you're saying like posture trying to relax them just mm. not distract them but just relax yeah. them whilst they're doing it and then like using resources maybe like books and other things just to sort yeah. of teach them about that element of it as well yeah there's that app as well I don't know if you used it's called um we uh, poo that the poo land app oh um, yeah that's yeah. quite a good one as well just to yeah get get the child seen it as a normal thing yeah. um and then I think going after meal times as well I think is quite helpful so as as adults as well I guess you you might feel that urge straight after a meal so like with a ch- child if they've just had the lunch take them to the toilet see if they can kind of do a poo then um I think that's quite good a good tip as well um and then if it does become kind of like you know if it's like a week or something you might need something like a stool softener or something um like lactulose or um something that the pharmacy can give you but my my uh, youngest child she did suffer with constipation so she was on a prescribed um uh, medication for it that we did have to get from the doctors uh, that wasn't a result of the potty training but um, there are other options to help with that kind of stool um, withholding and if they are having that discomfort there as well yeah I think even just knowing that it, it, it's it, that can be more challenging yeah. for them and doors yeah. is, is an important yeah. factor so that if that then does happen for people they're not thinking oh no again yeah. what have I done wrong or what's yeah. wrong it's yeah. just that might take a bit longer for them yeah um, so I know, like I say, with Hudson, certainly we did experience a bit of that. We just kept encouraging him and reassuring him and that kind of thing. And then eventually got the hang of it. Yeah. Probably pooed himself more than he weed himself, <laughs> to be honest, because they, they get to the point where they're that desperate yeah. can't hold it in, but they don't yeah. want to go. And then he stood there and he's like, I've done a poo. And you think, oh, no, no, yeah. no. You've changed the poo, poo pants is worse than the weed pants, <laughs> I think, sometimes. Well, yeah, so, there, was, there was a time with my eldest where I still remember it quite well now, like my husband running in slow motion. I think she was just playing and had not realised and there was, yeah, a poo coming out and <laughs> like running to like catch this poo and yeah it's all good fun isn't it <laughs> oh yeah it wouldn't she get through it all it's great yeah, it's just, yeah. a bit, but even years on like we would go driving somewhere it was about 35 minutes away on Saturday and Hudson goes I need a poo and I can't hold yeah. it I need to we're like I'm like this into oh. way and then he gets out of the car and he goes oh I think I just needed a trump and he like brilliant putting the back in and that just shows that even at that age like they don't always know yeah, exactly what the yeah. body what's going on with the body and it just yeah. is a bit of a trial and error and a bit of a journey isn't it yeah exactly exactly yeah. 
So getting into your sort of particular expertise then, um, I, th I think, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about may be sort of known. I think the nighttime bit, as you said, is less spoken about. Yeah. So the kind of questions that we were, I was getting sent in was, so how do you know when to start nights? Mm. Apparently you can't train nighttime dryness. There's hormonal issues. So do you want to just tell us a bit of an overview around like your knowledge of the nighttime and what, 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 what is the time to start, et cetera? Yeah, so I think with... Um... Be becoming dry at night it's a I, th I think it's slightly different to daytime because um it's not some in many ways it's not something and this comes back to the question around the whole nighttime potty training term because sometimes when I do talk about nighttime potty training we can I kind of think to myself well is it training or isn't it training is it something that you can actually teach the child or is it more about kind of helping them with like toileting um strategies to kind of that's going to help with the night time so in terms with in, in terms of kind of when do you know if your child's ready to kind of get rid of the nighttime nappies at night I think what you what you need to look out for is kind of like consecutive days that they're dry in their pull-up through the night so if you're seeing like two to three days in a row and that happens for a, kind of a few weeks there might be the odd wet night here and there I think that's sort of like a really clear indication that your child is starting to become ready or is ready to become to, to kind of get rid of those um, nappies or pull-ups in the night also you might, your child might start to um, get up to the go to the toilet in the night so that's obviously a clear sign that they're kind of their their, their brain is recognizing that their bladder is full um there's another one where your child might insist that they don't want to wear nighttime nappies, which I think we need to treat a little bit with caution because you might you might have a child that's just wants to become independent. But if they're still having um, those wet pull ups at, the, at night, I think it is I personally that I know other parents might do differently. I personally would keep the pull up on talk openly with the child about um, how the body might not be quite ready yet. If they are really adamant, you might want to say, well, we'll give it a try. But if it becomes wet at the night, are you fine to kind of go back to the the, the pull-ups at night? And usually the, ch the child will will be fine to do that. So I think those are the those are when I think you, we you would start kind of looking at removing that um, pull-up at night. I think when the child gets to around, maybe if it's not happened by five or six, um, some people do say that you can do a trial. Um, so I did a trial without a pull-up um, with my youngest uh, about three or four months ago. Um, and that was just to see, because sometimes people say that your child might become dependent a little bit on the nappy. So it's like in the night, subconsciously, it's a comforting thing and then therefore we'll just wee anyway. Um, so sometimes it might be good to have a trial, which you could do for a week, if it's not working, maybe after three or four days anyway, and it's kind of you're finding it's a bit of a, a pressure and too much to deal with, then it's fine to kind of go back to pull-ups, I think. And as long as you're open, honest with your child around, we're just seeing what's going to happen. We're seeing if your body's ready. They're usually fine to like go back to the pull-ups after you've kind of had a little bit of a test and you can revisit it at a later date. Yeah. Um, so this whole concept of you can't train night times in the way you can potty train during the day. Yeah. Is that to say then that if if they get to a certain age and they're just not still able to go through the night, that the, mm. the, 
there's a medical reason for that yeah I think um so not always a medical reason so there are things that you can do right now and things that I do with my uh, my daughters so one making sure that they're going to the toilet straight before bed so you can do also a double void which means when your child's maybe starting off getting ready for bed before they put the pajamas on you can get them to go to the toilet um and then right before they go to sleep um they can then go to the toilet again just to make sure the bladder's totally em empty and then with boys it's better if they sit down on the toilet as well so they're totally relaxed and not having a wee start stood up if you sat down you're kind of going to relax and make sure that bladder's emptied as well so liquids before bed as well so um, make sure that they're stopping drinking any liquids um, an hour before they go to sleep as well if if your child does have like milk, it's fine. They can just bring that kind of earlier on into the in in the evening. Um, and then there's there's something around um drinking enough during the day. So I think sometimes parents, when their child do are not dry at night, they tend to try to restrict the liquids, which has the opposite effect. Really, what you need to do is make sure they're having enough liquid during the day. To, and having those regular wheeze as well. So that's making sure that you're um, filling up and emptying the bladder so that the bladder walls and the muscles have a chance to stretch and strengthen. Uh, so that bit's really important. So I think that that's not necessarily, I, I guess it is something in your control that you can do. And it's more about like toileting habits than training, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've I've actually read a lot about that, not just in children, but you know, like a lot of mums after they have children and they've got, you know, they think, oh, I need a wee constantly. Yeah. yeah. So constantly like going, I'll just go for a week, I'm going yeah, here, yeah. there might be a toilet. And then over yeah. time, the bladder yeah. isn't capable of holding it that way. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. loads of people that do yeah. it. So yeah. then naturally, then it's like you need a wee more often. And it's, yeah. the, it's the same thing for kids, isn't it, really? Yeah. But, yeah, but, exactly. But I think kids do need them <laughs> drinking cues a bit more because <laughs> they get so busy playing and doing everything <laughs> else. They're not bothered about stopping for a drink, whereas yeah. we probably would be more conscious of it. So I think that's a good point around just making yeah. sure we are drinking enough full stop so that the bladder capacities as it should yeah. be because again otherwise that could impact them at night if the yeah. blood can't fill beyond mm. a certain point exactly and I, what I try and do with my kids um because I'm in this sort of space day in day out I'm constantly I'm a bit more wary of it so I've bought them like different different cups just to make it like more fun for them to drink not filling them like totally full up because I think sometimes if you've got a full cup it's a bit over facing isn't it so oh, even I feel like, like that yeah <laughs> do it like you know just just a bit and say you've got to finish all of the drink um but then yeah there's different different things that you can do to and but I think at school as well is quite difficult because obviously you can't monitor how much they're drinking at school if you know that they're not you could have a bit of a word with with a teacher to see if they can maybe drink more um during lesson time um yeah, yeah, it's interesting is that because Hudson started school in September and he has this little bottle that he takes in and whatever. Mm. But we we noticed that it was full when he was coming home. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. drinking and also that he was like desperate for a poo when we picked him up. And I don't yeah. think he felt comfortable going for a yeah. poo in school. Yeah. Yeah. So like we had to sort of say to the teacher, like, oh, can you just make sure he's drinking? Yeah. I get it. They've got all the kids to look after. But and like with the poo, we're like Hudson, you know, just trying to talk to him about it anyway. He's settled now. But it's these little things that we don't think are bigger. Yeah. Them, that's like yeah. 
he's been pooing on the toilet fine he's gone to school mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to he won't be sub- he won't be consciously thinking about it but subconsciously no. just didn't feel comfortable doing that at the start yeah, yeah. So I think he... a lot I think that's quite common in kids yeah um, to do that um kind of going back to the whole it, can you train or or not train and is, is it in the kind of what so that those are the strategies that you can do now but then there are elements where you need to wait for the child to be kind of ready so there's a um there's a hormone called vasopressin um and this actually is a hormone produced um that tells the kidneys to kind of produce less um we in the night so that hormone levels increase as the child gets older it's usually said by the age of five five six probably um those levels are enough um for your child to be dry through the night um there's obviously other things like bladder size but constipation as well so that's the number one kind of cause for um bedwetting so if your child is constipated, then what happens is that because your bowels next to the bladder, the bowel therefore pushes on the bladder and therefore that causes the the wetting in the night. So if it's if your child is past the age of five, six, going into seven, that might be something that needs to be looked into. Um, genetics as well play a part. So if your parents um, did experience bedwetting as children, then you're more likely to um experience have have a child who has um that as well um and then there's the connection between um recognizing that you need a wee in the night so i don't know if you've heard of bedwetting alarms don't know no. if you know so these are alarms that are they're quite they're proven to be quite successful usually probably past the age of six I know there's some that you can use earlier than that six seven where the child will wear the alarm um I think you can have a vibrating setting as well or one where the the alarm sits with the parents as well so it's to basically make that connection between a child weeing and then them having to get up to go for a wee so it's um it's a got a sensor on it that they put on the pajamas um, that senses the the liquid basically and as soon as some a child starts we and the alarm will go off and I think it's quite it is quite loud um oh, but that will wait. <laughs> it, it I think it's quite difficult it is quite hard for parents to go through but the success rate is quite is quite high and useful and it makes that connection yeah um, with, yeah. with the brain so I think that's that's more later on when the child is, is yeah if it's just not if they, if they get to an age where you're starting to think it really get worrying a little bit yeah with that hormone that you mentioned mm-hmm. yeah is there some sort of possibility that they don't have the right amount of that hormone yeah. it comes yeah. later and if so how would you know that was the case yeah so I think that that's more like yeah when the ch- child's five or six um and you might want to visit the GP yeah. what the GP would do they'd kind of get you or you'd go and see kind of a nurse where you do a bit of a diary around um, drinking, um, toileting, how how often they're going to the toilet. Um, and then they'd monitor that, do a bit of investigation and they might find the vasopressin levels are not high enough. So there is medication that can be given for that. Um, 
and they might give you a different like different things to do at home whether it's like drinking more um but yeah there are there's definitely like solutions um and advice that that can help um if you get into those kind of years where it is six seven um even later than that um and there's all there's a lot of support out there like the eric charity um and there's a, there's a lot of like different um advice that is out there sometimes it is is a bit overwhelming I think there's a lot of advice on the internet anyway sometimes it's understanding where to go but Eric Charity are really like useful uh, for the advice around um bladder um issues as well yeah I I think we do (laughs) tend to end up just either comparing ourselves or asking (laughs) friends and stuff for advice but the reality is like every child's unique in every aspect and you can that only serves more for the like comparison thing of well why is my child not doing what they did like Watson was really straightforward through the night I I said to you earlier like literally like you said he was having probably went on like two weeks one one wet nappy and that happened for quite a long time we just thought we'll take it off told him what we were doing and and he never wakes up for a wee but that fear might be completely different so I don't take that for granted and I think you know, it is about if you if you get into that later stages and you're worried, then like where can I go for actual information? Because the mm. chances are there won't be loads of people you know that have been through that themselves. Yeah, and I think you do find like I hear this quite a lot of, of, from people on my Instagram that um, they 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 expect their second child or third child to be exactly like the first one, and it's it's rare that it happens. And then they start to worry. They're like, well, the first one happened like this. Why isn't it happening the same? Um, but I think it's still not that talked about subject. Then you think, oh, no one else is going through it. But like, I think um, like it is, it is so common. It's just that we don't speak about it. So I, I go to like, when when I go to my kids' like friends' birthday parties now, I'm constantly having conversations with people who their kids are wet in the bed because they know what I do. Um, but I don't think I'd have like be having those conversations. Yeah, I don't think I'd be having those conversations. It, it's such a shame that people are kind of, and I did myself. So when my eldest was, so she was dry at five and a half. Um, and I I, th- I felt like, say in my circle of NCT friends, I felt like all their kids were already dry, but I never even asked them. Like I just sort of thought, well, they're not speaking about it. So they must be dry at night um but it's yeah. just yeah we it's just the nature of the topic we don't really speak about it but like I think it's 20% of five-year-olds are, are still wet or have periods of wet being wet in the night 15% of six-year-olds 7% of uh, 5% of 10-year-olds and like even 2% of teens so even into teens it is a yes. thing that happens so it yeah. is is common yeah yeah I think one of the great things about social media is some of this stuff is more spoken about by some people and even if it's just one of the person that you see in that situation or a page like yours that they find and it's like oh just make everything about being a mum when you realize you're not on your own just makes you feel better about it yeah whatever subject it is so so brilliant well you've shared loads of really really good insights there is there anything else Catherine that you think's like from your perspective or really think this is worth sharing or anything else from your own experience that we haven't spoken about um no I think it's just that um talking to people asking if you need help don't get kind of stuck in this like worry you know googling stuff um reach out like to us on Instagram or 
um, Eric Charity. They've got a helpline that if you if you're really stuck with some things, visit your GP. So in the UK, the nice guidelines do suggest that at the age of five, you can visit your GP and they will give some advice. They might not do anything there because age five, it's still quite early, but they can they can kind of see you talk to you give you give you some advice so i think just don't suffer in silence and and talk about the subject so we can make it a bit more bit more open and then the other thing that i was going to say is um when you kind of go into taking those pull-ups or nighttime nappies off at night you probably will get periods where your child might be wet then dry and you might go wet again um and that that's also common as well so you I do hear a lot where people, where children are wet, dry through the night for a bit. They might start school and there might be a bit of anxiety there. And that's because the vasopressin is um, impacted by things like anxiety and stress. Or when a child is um, ill, for example. So with my own child, um, when she became poorly, she'd be wet again. So I think knowing that, that that's a cop the a common thing um and to be open with your child around it in the sense that um don't kind of make them feel bad um it's it's normal it's their body um don't kind of say oh you know you shouldn't be doing that you're not a baby anymore i think that's kind of really important to not put that on our own children yeah yeah definitely and it, you know you're right it's not a, a linear thing like once it's done it's done like when we had Thea that really affected Hudson at night time with his weeing and, and actually we just pants in the day a few times after being like eight months no accidents so yeah. you're right it's like that anxiety that change in his life mm-hmm. it, it, that can knock on but yeah. um, it's just being ready for that in in regards to you know you, you might have to get up and change the sheets and like you said reassure yeah. and, and stuff like that so yeah. So yeah, fab. Okay, Catherine. Well, honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and sharing your experiences and your insight. I mean, especially around the nighttime stuff, because mm-hmm. for me that just that feels like a bit more of the unknown, as we said. But mm-hmm. as as I mentioned at the start, I will put your Instagram page onto the notes of this mm-hmm. episode so that people can have a look. Um, you mentioned the charity that I know you work with as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll I'll pop that on there. Um, but yeah, hopefully you've helped lots of um, slightly anxious mothers like yeah. myself that are about to embark on this journey in the next, certainly in the next 12 months. Um, so, so yeah, really appreciate it. Brilliant. And thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.